Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping you make your ellipses count. I'm Suzanne Kearns, Mom and Dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate, and this week, driver's license renewer and TSA pre-check enroller, like back to back, which basically means I am a waiting room sitter, I think, <laughs> is what it's going to be my whole day on Friday. Yes. You'll just be so glad you did that pre-check, though. I hope your so. life. And I am Missy Stevens, mom and dot, 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 writer, foster child advocate. And this week, I'm hot. That's it. I'm just, I'm hot. It's stupid hot. It's it's stupid. I hate it here. I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. It's Anyone hot. going through menopause should just be given a ticket out of Texas in June. Yes. <laughs> it's so June mean. through September. I just need four months off, please. <laughs> That's it. Oh my gosh. And today we are so excited to be welcoming Estelle Rasmus to the pod. Estelle is a mom and dot, dot, dot author of the brand new, if you're looking behind me on the YouTube there, writing that gets noticed, find your voice, become a better storyteller, get published. She's also a professor of writing at New York University, the host of the Freelance Writing Direct podcast, and the former All About the Pitch columnist for Writer's Digest and has written a wide variety of articles, including quite a few viral ones that you have most definitely read, especially we're going to link to it, the How to Bully Proof Your Child, which definitely made the rounds. She also received the 2023 NYU School of the Professional Studies Teaching Excellence Award, is an American Society of Journalists and Authors Award winner, and was a cast member in the inaugural New York City production of Listen to Your Mother's Show, which we have talked about quite a few yes, times here love on the it. podcast. Love it. And welcome. So excited to have you welcome. here. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. I love being able to talk about my journey and especially the focus on the woman, not necessarily the mom. You're yes. more than a mom. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, let's get right into it. We learned a lot about you from your bio. Your bio is so impressive. And but we would like to dig in a little more to the Estelle 101, kind of where you started, how you got to where you are today, and any kind of pivots and gaps along the way. Sure. Well, in a funny way, and I didn't talk about this in the book, but when I started, I had a degree, a college degree from Boston University, and I thought I wanted to make as much money as possible because I wanted to really enjoy the city. Yes. Good goal. So I became an executive assistant and I made good money, but it was limiting. And I wasn't a very good executive assistant because I wasn't very good (laughs) at making coffee and my and I didn't know I had to use a filter. Oh my gosh. I would rewrite everybody's emails and memos and things like that. And they didn't (laughs) always appreciate it. And so I realized that I needed to make a change. And so I ended up working in book publishing. And then from there, I went to public relations and I worked in public relations. And I talked about that in the book, how I worked on the TV show, Shining Time Station, and would go to Toronto and would film with George Carlin. It was so much fun. Oh my gosh. And um, after a while, I realized that the media people that I was dealing with, I really liked talking to the editors of publications. And I thought, I to do that. And so I parlayed my public relations writing press release experience into getting a job 
in the beauty department of Woman's World magazine. And that was my first job in publishing. And I I can't say I never looked back because I did do a pretty major pivot after some time in publishing, but I started in Woman's World and then I went back in the day and I don't know if it's the same anymore. Once you learned how to run a magazine from the ground up, you could pretty much move very quickly up the ranks. If you started out learning, um, I was at Woman's World, I had seven deadlines a week. I learned how to write on the go. It was even before iPhones. I was, you know, writing on the go on a night, on a pad. And I did photo shoots. I worked with photographers. I worked with beauty experts from John Frieda to Orbe to just so many of the top experts, uh, Georgette Mossbacher, who was big in the day, Marina Balmy. And I learned how to write, how to write fast, how to write effectively, mm-hmm. and how to write for the reader. I learned service journalism, which is mm-hmm. my whole book is pretty much a service mm-hmm. journalism because I am offering tips, expert advice, ways to be compelling in your writing in a very reader-friendly way packaged in a way that's going to enhance a reader's life in Mm -hmm. some way, whether they write their story or they just feel inspired to do journaling in a different way. Whatever it is, whether you're a retiree or somebody going to college and want to learn how to write an essay better, or somebody who wants to write your novel, you want to write your story, or you want to help someone write their story, you will learn what you need to do in terms of essays and articles for my book. And that's what's kind of my mission. That's my mission as a writing coach. That's why my students have been so successful because I've parlayed everything I've learned from both sides of the publishing wall. As a ma- I became a magazine editor-in-chief of five national consumer publications, including Hachette's Body by Jake, where David... Oh, yeah. Yeah, David Pecker, we know him. He was in the news quite a lot. (laughs) You know, he kind of, I met him at an event and I talk about it in my book, what happened there. And I would say with a combination of curiosity and bravery, I was able to make many pivots in my career. And we can talk about a singular pivot that I made into medical education when I was dealing with infertility. Yeah, that's one that I was not aware you'd done. And in fact, in preparing for this podcast, I've learned a lot about you. And through your book, I've learned a lot that I didn't know about you because I kind of picture you in this glamorous New York life and kind of not devil wears Prada, but you know, it's just like just that kind of wheeling and dealing yeah. and all the glamour and all the glitz. And, you know, I would talk about moms who make their ellipses count. You really have done it all. So I was really shocked to learn that you actually had paused your career for the birth of your daughter. And I thought that was really interesting. And that probably was like, you know, hear the tire screeching sound effect as far as like the life you were living and then like, Rrr! 
<laughs> St- mm-hmm. stopping yeah. and the, the opposite of glamour and glitz yes. and being wined and dined. So what what was that process like? Was it planned or was it just one of those things like me where it's just out of necessity you decided to pause? What was that for you? Yeah. So as a single woman living in New York City and then a little bit outside the city in New Jersey, I really got to maximize all the benefits of the city and of kind of the glamour of publishing back in the day, which Mm -hmm. it was a lot of hard work. Don't get me wrong. I did grunt work. I did every kind of work you can imagine. But there were the lunches, there were the dinners, there were the events. I would schedule events a whole week long. I would go home at 9, 10 at night, and I would start the next day. And I had the energy, the enthusiasm, the ambition, and it was wonderful. And when I started getting higher, which happened very quickly because, again, I was working in publications that were small. It was almost like the precursor to the digital of today, where I did everything with these publications, not Women's World, but the ones following. Mm -hmm. So I was able to rise to editor-in-chief, where I had small staffs and maybe publication of 200,000, something Mm -hmm. like that. And so we were working in a very hands-on manner. I curated content. I did all that. Now, that did not fit with the next element of life. And I was the dating diva. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness. I taught classes at the learning annex, how to meet your mate or just to date, power dating. Me and Ramona from Housewives were teaching. She was teaching her thing. And she was... When she was married, when she was married. Oh, gosh. You need a memoir. You don't need a, you don't need a, how to write book. You need to write a memoir. That might be next. So (laughs) I ended up, so I ended up, um, you know, being this dating expert and I had a possible deal with, um, I was speaking with the people that Judith Regan used to have a publisher and Mm -hmm. I met my husband, my now husband of 18 years. And I realized I didn't want to be the dating team anymore. Mm. I liked this guy. This guy fit all the categories that I was looking for. And he was definitely a step outside my comfort zone because he wasn't my religion. He wasn't from this country. (laughs) He's younger than me. So it was really a whole different step. But Mm -hmm. I took the leap, as I've done many times in my life. And I've never regretted it. And I put the kibosh. I called my then agent at the time, Jack Scoble, who's passed away years ago. And he was a lovely, lovely man. Um, and I said, I don't want to be the dating team anymore. And he said, you're kidding. And I said, nope. No, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so that was done. And um, so I married my husband. I never thought I wanted kids. I was like, I'm this, you know, I'm a balloon. I'm a kite. I'm a creator. <laughs> I can't be held down. I can't. Exactly. You can't tame me. And after a year of marriage, I looked at him and I was like, this guy would make an excellent father. And I thought, yeah. And I thought, I can't not give this to him. And I thought, no, what kind of mother I'd make? We'll we'll see about that. But I thought (laughs) I loved him so much. And I wanted to give him a child, but then I dealt with the infertility journey. Like, yeah. 
like and and also it was the aftermath of 911 mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. everything dried up all the places where i was launching publications for this publisher and that esthetique the american breast cancer guide all these different publications everything dried up and right. so i thought what am i going to do and somebody um i think i i left a job that I had because it closed down body by Jake, which was by Hachette. I think they ran for about a year and then it closed down because some of the business plans didn't really fit what the publisher was doing. And so I was kind of out of a job and I thought, well, I don't want to be going into the city all the time. I don't want to stay up till nine, 10 o'clock at night and then start again. And so I, I forget how it happened. I think I took a temp job and I ended up in a medical education company and they had so many perks. They came by, they said, all right, we have a masseuse who's going to give everyone a massage. And it's it's only $20. And I was like, wait, am I allowed and I was like, ooh, I like this. Yeah, that and sounds amazing. I thought, well, it's different than publishing, but it's interesting. <laughs> and they really liked my background. They were like, oh, you run magazines. Well, we have publications run by Eli Lilly, and we need somebody to edit it. And this was, there's two types of medical education. There's CME, which is continuing medical education. Mm-hmm. And there is the type that is more promotional. So I started with CME and that was very regulated, but uh, I still managed to find the creativity in it. There wasn't Mm -hmm. that much. And then I did some promotional stuff and I also learned how to write grants, how to read studies. And the best part of it was I was leaving the office at five every afternoon, which was wonderful because I could then go at five in the morning and get my fertility treatment. There's probably a lot of stay-at-home moms or people who take a career pause that maybe do that earlier in their career, and they don't have the benefit of all this amazing experience behind them, whereas you had lived a full career by the time you started your family. So there are pros and cons probably of each of those. So I think that it's really interesting because I did segue into different fields but I did use my skill set. So what I mm-hmm. couldn't do anymore was identify myself by my job. I'm the mm-hmm. editor of, I'm the blah, 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 you know, mm-hmm. invite me to your lunch. Nobody cared about me when I was in medical education. <laughs> nobody, right. I mean, nobody was inviting me to the fashion shows. Mm-hmm. Nobody was inviting me to lunches. Oh and my gosh. So uh, that was, um, I had to really assess who I was, mm-hmm. what I brought to the table, aside from my title, aside from how the world viewed me or what's viewed me. Right. Yeah. Which, which oh my right. gosh. I so sympathize with that. I remember when I left my job, I was working on a remodel and doing some stuff and I had been working on Disney and Apple. And so when you're negotiating on behalf of Disney and Apple, you usually tend to get what you want. And and I was, you know, negotiating with these kitchen remodelers and stuff. And they're just 
for some reason, they just weren't sitting up and taking note of me as I was used to. And it was just, so I can imagine, yeah, that must have been a real shock to the system when, I mean, everybody, I think, feels that loss of identity when they don't have that business card or that title, but it's just right. magnified so much when you were given such special treatment in a lot of ways beforehand. Exactly. I learned the very privileged, entitled life, and then I lost it. Mm. for years. Yeah. And that's okay because in the losing of it, I found myself. Love and that. that I can never lose. <laughs> right. Right. When you and came back after having a break, did you feel like you were starting from scratch or had you done enough like, work? Like, nobody you know? knew me. No, I mean, it was seven years later. Publishing had changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. Print publications were shutting down at an right. alarming rate. My old heroes of yore, of Harper's Bazaar, I mean, Liz Tilbury, she passed away, sadly. And mm -hmm. other editors were leaving the field. The people that I had always looked up to and admired, people in the beauty industry were turning to manufacturing companies or yeah. public relations. They were switching out of it. So there was mm -hmm. a whole groundswell of change happening in the industry. And a big thing that happened to me, even before getting back into it, was becoming a mother in midlife. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I had no support system besides my husband. Mm -hmm. I had no friends who were at that stage, and I've written about this a lot, who were at the stage of life where I was at. The, my peers that I'd grown up with, they had older kids by that yeah. time. And mm. I had a baby. And so I was very much a newbie in the motherhood world. Mm -hmm. And when I decided I wanted to get back into publishing in some way, I was a newbie in the publishing world. And you mentioned what I said. Oh, yes. Your line, when I am reemerged in 2009, I was a newbie in the publishing field I no longer recognized and which no longer recognized me. And I was like, oof, yeah. Yeah. And so I had to figure out what I wanted to do. And it didn't come right away. So what happened, and, and I talk about it in the book, and it's such a pivotal moment in my life, and it's something that I believe we all share, is that I had gone to a reading group at a library with my toddler at the time. She was 18 months old. And I was just being at home, being with her, because yeah. my job in medical education had changed. The company got bought by another company. And all the pregnant women, save one, which was somebody else, were let go. And they had to keep one. And I was like the type of pregnancy where I literally had morning sickness 24-7. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was horrible. I would bring a Edie's lemon pop with me to the office of the medical education company I was working at. Yes. Just doing grants all day long doing grants. And I would suck on the lemon pop. And then for lunch, I would go to my car and I would take a nap. 
been oh. like, so I didn't care because I was nurturing, you know, this new life within me. And I was so excited. I was in my third trimester when the company got sold and they let me go. And I was like, see you later. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, and so I, we went to the, the library and, um, and I talk about it in the book that, that my daughter stood up and began to dance in the middle. And I'd always been a journalist, an editor, a journalist. I'd written articles, service-oriented articles with tips and information and interviewing people. I had not written personal essays that mm -hmm. were about me, my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions. And I sat down and I wrote a piece about my daughter and I called it And She Danced. And I talked about her dancing and how they looked at it. And, you know, I pondered my possibilities. Had I ever been like that, ready and waiting to take on the world with no worry or fears of the future? Can have, you know, can I be like that again? That was mm. the gist of it. And I wrote it up. And as so often happens in my life, something very synchronistic happened. And I had gone to, I, I remember in the early days of the mom and me classes, they oh, were, yes. there was yeah. a meetup. It was meetup.com. Uh, yeah. And I, I was as obsessive as I'd been about editing and, and doing all the stuff that I did in professional, I became obsessive about being a mom, meaning that <laughs> I had notifications on like my early phone when when a meetup would happen i'd be the <laughs> quickest one to sign up for it and go for it and yeah i was going to a million of these meetups i still felt like a fish out of water i didn't know really what i was doing but i brought my daughter and i tried to make friends yeah so, not not so effectively i was ghosted many times okay so one mom said to me oh did you hear about this show it's called Listen to Your Mother, and they're having auditions. If you have an essay, I think you said you're a writer, might want to go. And I was uh -huh. like, wait, what? What? <laughs> I was like, I did an essay. I have this essay. Yeah. And I remember being so nervous. Even though I had this career behind me, I was so nervous. I didn't understand any oh, of this. that's so normal. We hear that from every coach we interview. It does not matter how amazing you have ever been in your pre-momming role that when you do take that pause, the yes. confidence can really, really take a dip. So now when you wrote that essay originally, were you submitting it anywhere or no, did you just kind of wrote it for yourself? Just wrote it. I wrote it for myself. And then somebody told me I actually submitted it to Mamapedia. So okay. it was on Mamapedia. And I, I, I don't know if that was later or before. I can't remember. But I went to the audition and I remember I was all like in a business suit and they asked me about my background. And for some reason, I didn't say I'm a former magazine editor in chief and I'm, you know, and I've been on Rolanda and I was the dating team. I didn't say any of that. I said, I'm a communications professional. And that's how they have me in the bio. Oh my God. Interesting. That is so interesting. You totally you just stripped all of that. Yes, I did. And the director, of my show, which I ended up getting into, was Amy Wilson. Amy. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. And it was the inaugural performance of Listen to Your Mother in New York City. 
and Abby Sher was in it. Alicia Reiner, who became big in Orange is the New Black, was yeah. in it. Patty Chang Anchor, who wrote mm -hmm. Some Nerve, Lessons Learned in Becoming Brave and quoted me in the book. Oh, my God. And it was a revelation. I loved doing it. And as we were talking for these two months that we did the rehearsals that gave me purpose for the first time in a long time, mm. they said they were talking about this thing called blogging. <laughs> and they all had these names, you know, the mama thing, the this and that. Back in the day. Yep. Yeah. And I said, what, what, what is this blogging thing? And they said, Oh, it's so great. You write your stories. Look at Dooch and look at, you know, like, do, they say, right, Deuce? Deuce, Deuce. 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 Yeah. Deuce. Yeah, sadly. Yeah, she passed. Yeah. But like, they, they, you know, they said, you write your stories. And I'm like, oh, that's so great. How much do you make? <laughs> Zero dollars. <laughs> yeah. Estelle, Estelle, you don't, you don't make anything. You, you. I said, oh, why do you do it? Because you get people following you and you write your stories. And I was very, I respected these women and these women who were talking about other women like Wendy Ahrens yes. and all these bloggers. And, and they were talking about Ann Imig and what she'd created with all the shows that all the bloggers, and then they were talking about blog her. And I said, what's mm -hmm. wrong with her? They said, oh, oh, my God, you have to go to Blogger. <laughs> and I said, well, how do you how do you go to Blogger? He goes, well, you just see the next one's coming up next year in, in New York City. You know, we have to go to listen to your mother. And I said, well, what what is there? And I signed up to, like, find out about Blogger. And I also started a blog that I called Musings on Motherhood and Midlife. Yes. And I remember deeply researching how to do a blog. And I Aww. remember I was like crying because I created myself. I bought a wordpress.org site rather than a wordpress.com because oh. <laughs> all the research said that's better because if you ever want to monetize, no, if you ever want to monetize, .org was better to get for WordPress, not for my own site. My own site was a .com site on the WordPress.org. Uh, oh, house. interesting. Mm -hmm. Look at you working yeah. all the angles. See, you researched it. I just started one. <laughs> and yeah, so, it just willy-nilly started. And so I remember, um, so I wrote a piece. I was also involved with an organization called Mothers and More which is a now defunct nonprofit organization that I was on the board of directors for because I was very passionate about mission that they should value the unpaid work of mothering. Yes. The yes. cooking, the cleaning, the shipping, the everything that nobody really sees but is intrinsic in child rearing that's mm -hmm. not valued by society. So I thought that was such an important organization. And I wrote a piece, I submitted it to blog her, I think it was on my blog, called We Changed the Conversation. And I talked about the Lily Ledbetter Act, which talked about equal pay for mm -hmm. women. And I talked about mothers and more. And I won my first 
of three Blog Her Voice of the Year awards. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. So I went to Blog Her and everybody was there from Listen to Your Mother and everybody, then I met the other award winners. And then there were the Blog Her Voices of the Year who won and they made speeches and I was one of them. I, I was one of the honorees. And then I came into my first anthology because uh, they did a culmination of the blogger voices of mm -hmm. the year, which I loved being in. And so I thought, I want to get more involved in blogger. And then I learned who the heads were. And one of the names was, I want to say, Jory Desjardins, right? Mm -hmm. And here is where- That's an amazing name. That should be a, a character in I a love book, her for name. sure. <laughs> I love her name. And here is where it gets really interesting because my life has always been full of synchronicity. When I was in traditional publishing, I met a writer who wrote a piece for me. Her name was Jory Desjardins. Oh, and we went to lunch. And we had a really lovely lunch. And I said, I would love you to write more for me. And she said, well, I'm actually moving to California and I'm going to work on like a tech project. Oh my gosh. Mm. That tech project ended up becoming Blogger. Blogger. And then it all goes around and around. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. I, that, how, that is how it is in this world. And I can't tell you how many guests that we've had that have been... Well, we had Ann Emig on, so that was nice. Uh, but, you know, in and the Amy blogger world, and Wendy. And we had Amy and the Listen to Your Mother world. Just it, it changes lives for so many people. And it really does feel like you fell in to the right group and just the people that really spoke to you that, you know, I don't know, your people, you found your people. But I'm curious if there's anything that would be advice that you could give to other moms who are maybe in the thick of it, who have not found those people yet. Yeah. They are still in that unpaid labor force, not feeling respected, feeling like they still, you know, are trying to figure out what that identity is. Like looking back, are there some things that maybe you could have done during those years at home to not lose so much of yourself? Yeah, I think I could have probably taken classes earlier. Mm -hmm. I think classes yeah. are a great way to get back into whatever area you want to be in. Yeah, I was more focused on building a mom community rather than a new professional community. Yeah. And I think by doing classes or by, I don't think I could have done a retreat or anything like that, but even going to a conference for a weekend, I think that would have been another way to just start building a network. I'm not an introvert. There are many writers and bloggers who are introverts. I'm sure. not, I'm an extrovert. I do need my downtime and writing is a very solitary process. Mm -hmm. But I do think that finding a sense of community in some way, whatever you have to do, whether you go to your local coffee shop and maybe somebody's going there the same time every day and you strike up a conversation or going to the library or going to a bookstore and seeing what activities they have and going yeah. and supporting writers. You don't have to be a writer, but 
going to something, if you have some focus in your mind of something you want to do, start doing a little research to see the peripheral elements of mm -hmm. that, whether you want to be an engineer or you want to look at construction, you know, if you want to be a designer, go to museums and yeah. see what designers are doing and then see if there's a cocktail night that is tied in. So you will meet people with similar interests. And I think that is a great way to start exploring those parts of your nature that you just naturally will not through motherhood. It's a self-limiting profession. <laughs> yes. Yeah. At least networking yeah. wise, for sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, we're quickly, quickly running out of time, but I want to make sure that we talk a little bit about your podcast before we get too close to the end. So anyone who's listening may also be interested in writing and after hearing you talk may want to do some of the things you've done. So they really need to check out Freelance Writing Direct. And we're just curious how you feel about podcasting. Have you enjoyed it? What are you doing with it? What's next? I love it. Um, one of the things when I was a magazine editor-in-chief, I would do a lot of television. And I loved live television because mm -hmm. I like that interchange of energy and yeah. I feel like obviously you have to prepare. And I talk a lot in my book about preparing and what to do when you're in a TV show or a radio show or a podcast. And you have to do the deep dive, but I do the deep dive into all my guests so that I have the right questions prepared. And then I don't stick to the script. I kind of like yeah. you and I, you know, the three of us have had a free flowing conversation. So what's interesting about the podcast, and it's evolved, um, I started with a co-host and I took it over solo in May and also did some things that I really wanted to do, which was add the visual elements. So I have six uh, on YouTube now, six of the episodes up on YouTube, and most of the subsequent episodes, unless they were taped a while ago, are going to be on YouTube. So it's kind of an interesting way that my past and my present is coinciding because mm -hmm. I do believe that the most successful people, and this has been proven by research, have open networks rather than closed networks. What sure. does that mean? It means that if you are a writer, you are not just hanging with other writers. If yeah. you are a blogger, you are not just hanging with other bloggers. There are people, I know people from all walks of life, from my magazine days to doing columns for Forbes, to writing about professionals and influencers and people who are movers and shakers in their own industries, whether that's politics or celebrity or broadcasters, and so that opens up my network because I can bring it to my audience. And there's always some connection. Right now, nobody, and I'm going into my 40th episode, nobody has been a stranger to me. Mm. Everybody has been somebody vetted in my own personal life that I know, whether it's from an organization or my background or social or some way. And so I don't have one of those, like, fill out the form and we'll see if you're a fit, you know, yeah. right now. Yeah. And I still have a, a list this long of people 
who would like to be on the podcast. And um, for my launch week, I was so honored to have Cheryl Strayed, who has, we have followed each other on Twitter. She thought she's followed me for a number of years and retweeted some of my stories. And so there's, you know, been a tangential connection. Mm-hmm. And Anne Hood, I had taken a class with her many years ago. And so there's lots of connective elements with the people that are being on the podcast. I love it. I just love it so much. It's it's such a great vehicle, not only yeah. for promotion for the people who are coming on and for myself. And I've been focusing a lot on authors lately, I guess, because I'm an author. Yes. And it's just something that I hope to continue. And I hope to keep growing to get even more followers. And uh, we're doing really well. I'm in the 10 percentile of downloads at the moment. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I mean, (laughs) your story I love because it's such a great demonstration of what our coaches that we talk to a lot talk about bringing transferable skills. Like yeah. you were saying, it doesn't have to be that, you know, job A exactly leads into job B because, you know, they're exactly related or it's the next promotion. It's that you've taken so many of the skills that you have from one role to the next, whether it be writing or coaching or, you know, the I, the medical one, I was like, wait a minute, I didn't know this about you. That's amazing. Or even moving that into podcasting. I just think it's a really great demonstration of no matter how many pivots or pauses you take, you don't lose those core skills and you can always bring that to the next job, whether it's a pause or whether it's, you know, a little bit different than what you've been doing before. So and, and I would, I would say to inspire people, like, cause I feel that inspiration It's so important, whatever you're focusing on next, whatever you want to do. So write down your skill sets, write down everyone has them. You know, if you are a fast reader, that's a skill set. If you are good at curating information, you share your friend's work, you share things that are interesting. That's a skill set. You know, are you good at writing emails? That's a skill set. And so- Look at it in a very, you know, pedantic way, but yet in a way that enhances the natural abilities that you have, because everyone has them. And I can't emphasize this enough. Do not, there is no competition. Do not compare yourself with anyone else because you have your journey, you have your purpose, and it will be done. You will do it, but you can't keep trying to measure up because you never get there. I think back to Jennifer Hudson, who Mm -hmm. was on American Idol. She Mm -hmm. did not win, but she knew her worth. And then she was on Dreamgirls with Beyonce. And she never was genuflecting at the feet of Beyonce, like, oh, Beyonce, Beyonce. I mean, we love Beyonce, but Jennifer Hudson knew her value. And soon the world did you see yeah mm-hmm. absolutely oh i love that oh my gosh yeah i could talk to you forever and i just because we're trying to honor some of our uh listeners who are not necessarily writers and i'm glad you take the time to focus on your story that maybe can apply to a wide range of different people's experiences but i know that we do have quite a few writers out there in the audience too so we cannot 
recommend your book enough writing that gets noticed. And it really is the same level of just specificity and really getting to the nitty gritty of, you know, step one, step two, step three, that you bring to a lot of your articles, it really transfers over to the book perfectly. And so depending on what you need, you can just flip to that chapter or you can go chronologically start to finish like whatever you need. It is just like having this writing coach in your pocket. And that's so uh, I guess not in your pocket in your bag. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just so well written. And it's so helpful. And it's so like, it just gets to it. I'm the, I'm the nuts and bolts girl. I like to just get to like, what do I need to know? It's not the fluff. It is just really, really amazing information. And so I highly recommend it for anybody who is trying to do writing of any kind. And you also have coaching services, but maybe for someone who is just trying to figure out like, Ooh, do I even want to go to that next level? Um, this is a nice way to start and figure out so you know what you don't know <laughs> before right. you take it to that next level. Um, and I give writing advice on TikTok now. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yes. We still got to work on our TikTok. Oh, my gosh. I love TikTok. I'm obsessed with t- TikTok. I just want, <laughs> I know you do your look, listen, you know, I just want to tell you there's two fun things. One is Nudicris the cat. It's a hairless cat. <laughs> I know Nudicris. <laughs> I Ludicrous. I love he just has such a big personality. He's like everywhere. You have to look. And then there's Cat Daddy Adventures. I'm obsessed oh, with I cats. I lost one. I lost my beautiful orange cat Percy last year. He was 17 years old. So I'm obsessed with cat TikTok. So Cat oh. Daddy Adventures is the story of this man who has a fiance. Or maybe they're married. I think they're married. And he has 17 cats. Oh, Oh my God. God. One of them is a feral, a formerly feral, now friend cat named Buddy. And this is the most beautiful cat with like tiger stripings and like green eyes. And there's even a little love story, him and Lola, another cat. I mean, it's just. (laughs) Don't get too much more love. You're going to have a lot more cats. (laughs) Yeah. I dive down that TikTok rabbit hole along with my daughter, although she doesn't watch the stuff I do. I like the animal stuff and the makeup stuff. Makeup for over 40. Go for that. That's great. Oh, my gosh. I love it. We usually say for our look, listen, learns that we don't want to throw our guests in the hot seat first, but you just went right in there. (laughs) (laughs) But before we officially go into the look, listen, learns, we want to make sure people know where to find you and the book. And if they decide they do want coaching services, uh, where's the best place to find you? Sure. My website is EstelleSErasmus.com. And Freelance Writing Direct is on iTunes and Spotify and now YouTube. And you can find more information on my website. And for social media, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, um, on TikTok. TikTok. (laughs) At Estelle S. Erasmus. And I also have a sub stack now called Writing That Gets Noticed. And you can find information on my website. And I also have a newsletter through my website. So I cover kind of a lot in different places. I cover in the Substack. I did an editor on call for NYU where I talked to a New York Times editor and 
put the information down there and a Washington Post editor. So I cover a lot of that stuff there. And my blog on my website kind of covers more about publishing if you're interested in publishing and my own personal stuff. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I I got kind of tired oh. just listening to that as far as like all the amazing <laughs> stuff you're doing. Like, and plus can, all can the momming. You're so busy. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. I am teaching a pitching webinar for Writer's Digest on July 20th. I don't know when that's going to run, but I, I'm pitching on, uh, on July 20th. And that information is on my website under events. And I'm going to be speaking at the Writer's Digest Conference in August and at the Atlanta Writers Conference in Atlanta, Georgia in November, and in the Writer's Digest Storytelling Virtual Conference in September. Wow. All right. And as former attendees at a lot of your sessions, I mean, just such great information. So yeah, highly recommend we if it. We saw each other at Mom 2.0, did we? Mom 2, but I think the first time I went to one of your sessions was actually at Blog U, was it? Oh, goodness, that's right. Yeah, that or maybe, fun. and then also you've been to some of the Irma Bombeck, right? Yes, yes. Okay, oh, so I, I think, that. yeah, whenever whenever there's an Estelle panel, I make sure I go to that session. So You're yes, <laughs> always such great information. <laughs> All this right. has been fun, guys. Well, you're this not is... done yet. We're not done with our look, listen, learn, girl. <laughs> okay. okay, I have more. I did my prep. So okay, good. good. <laughs> okay, so even though we already got a couple of Estelle's look, listen, learns, we're gonna. <laughs> For anybody who's new to the show, welcome. We are so glad you're here. At the end of each show, we just like to spend a couple minutes talking about some of the things that we are look, listening, and learning about. Um, so we don't usually put our guests in the hot seat, but since you already put yourself there, do you want to finish yours, Estelle? Yeah. Sure. So for books, I love this book, My Father's List, How Living My Dad's Dreams Set Me Free by Laura Carney. Ooh. And she's uh, she's on my show that will come out next week. Okay. And um, it's a wonderful book because it covers the tactical of how she fulfilled her dad, who got killed by a distracted driver when she oh. was 25, sadly, but he had a bucket list and out of uh, a certain number, he only had achieved five items oh. and she fulfilled his list and wrote about it. And it's an amazing book with a very spiritual component, which I like. Um, and The Leaving Season by Kelly McMasters, and she's going to be on my podcast. She'll be on freelance writing direct this week. Um, she wrote a memoir and essays about leaving a relationship and finding herself. And it's a really beautiful literary memoir in essays. And she uses metaphor and simile and braiding throughout. So I think it's really an exercise in craft. And she's a writing teacher as well. And oh. I also... I have a show that I want to mention. Oh, we love shows. Lay it on us. Yes. The Great. Has anybody seen The Great on Hulu? Mm -mm. I haven't even heard of it. Mm -mm. Okay. Elle Fanning plays Catherine yeah. the Great of Russia, right? The oh, famous uh -huh. Catherine the Great. And Nicholas Holt plays the king and Peter. And I don't want to give away the whole story, but it's a comedic look at Catherine the Great and how she rose to power. And it is funny 
and entertaining and brilliant. And I recommend everyone watch it. Okay. Right. Ooh, good. We just wrapped it. up a show. I'm going to add that one. Yeah. All right. And of course, your Hulu cats. <laughs> or not <laughs> Hulu. TikTok your cats. TikTok cats. I love the Missy knows who needed a Christmas. Oh, and my <laughs> own podcast. Yes, yes, yes. My own podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, Missy, do you have any look, listen, learns? I have a few. Um, I just finished looking at Based on a True Story, also on Hulu, with Kaylee Cuoco and Chris Messina. I love Chris Messina so much. But they start a podcast with a serial killer, and it sort of parodies <laughs> the American obsession with true crime. It's... I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. I don't know. We obsessively watched till we got through all 10 episodes. Yeah. They leave it on way too much of a cliffhanger. Like, I don't know if they're going to get renewed. Um, oh. but so it's a huge cliffhanger, but it's so watchable in the weirdest way. And it's fun to poke fun at the whole true crime podcast situation yeah, going on. Killer co-host. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's an easy watch, which is a funny thing to say about something so bloody, but it is an easy watch if you're looking for something like that. And I don't have a listen because I'm still listening to Wiser Than Me. I'm still catching up on that one. My last, I don't know what week that was, that that was my look, listen, learn, but I'm yes. almost caught up. So I feel really bereft. I know that there will be more episodes, but I'm bereft that I'm almost caught up. I've been like, you got Just, me started on it. I, it's, it's really so, good. God, it's so good. So I don't have a new listen. So I'm also looking at the book Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. Just I think that was another one of our guests look, listen, learn at some point. I, uh, it, I think it's been mentioned here before, but um, it's great. It's so much fun. In fact, I really would like to go read right now, even though I have things I have to go do. Um, <laughs> but it's a fun, great summer read. Highly recommend that one. And then I'm actually kind of ties in with today, learning more about craft, doing some rewrites. I'm not really even revising yet. I'm really rewriting and signed up to take some classes and work with some professionals this summer to get to that next place. So that's what I'm doing. What about you, Suzanne? Let's see. I only have a look today but it's so good it's uh jury duty i've heard of this but I haven't oh seen my it. gosh oh shoot i don't even know what it's on is it hulu is it it's one of those i don't know but it is the description is a documentary following the inner workings of an american jury trial through the eyes of juror ronald gladden who does not realize that everyone except him is an actor <laughs> it is the amount of work put into i get it's not really pranking this guy i was scared to ask is it a gotcha like i mean it is a gotcha i'm not gonna tell I, we finally watched yeah. the finale and i'm not okay. gonna tell you what happens okay but because the premise makes me feel bad for this guy oh no i i had a really hard time going into watching it i was like okay. i feel like there's like some moral issues, like ethically, I did not feel like this was right. I do not like people getting pranked. Uh, I don't, I don't like either. it when people aren't in on the joke or whatever. Mm -hmm. The one thing that helped me get through that is because it is as a documentary. So it's not like secret cameras that he's not aware that he's being filmed. So since they set it up as a docu, you know, a fake documentary, yeah. um, it's he he's aware that he's being filmed so he does have that choice of like things he's going to say or not say or whatever the acting is so phenomenal and 
it oh my god these characters are just bonkers there's a few times throughout the thing where he's just like oh my god how is this not like a reality show like this is crazy (laughs) but this guy is just so nice and i don't know how they picked him i need to find out more about like how they picked him like if someone nominated him like nominate the nicest people that you know would be good for this but probably the funniest part is they have james marsden do you know him he's from dead to me and westworld and stuff and i've realized now he's in everything he actually is the token like actual actor because it's in la and like oh i'm on jury duty and he's always very much like oh do you know me from this and you know he's having this guy run lines with him and oh my god and he is he should win some type of award um and it's funny i was just listening to smart list with jennifer garner and i guess she is friends with him from one of the shows that they do together and she was talking about when he was starting filming this how this crisis of conscience of like yeah he was having a really hard time like are we messing with this guy like i don't know if i feel right about this but oh my gosh it's I don't think they can ever do it again because people would be in on the joke. I mean, right. They, it's tricky. Like it's a whole tricky oh, setup. The, the, they do go into the production behind it. And yeah. oh my gosh. Again. So if anybody is like, hears about it and they're like, oh, I don't know. That sounds really problematic. And, you know, makes me feel eh, you'll get over it by the end of the first episode. Okay. <laughs> it's so we binge totally binge right through it. It's so fun. Okay. It's really fun. Uh, not quite kid. It's definitely 16 plus. We were going to let our son watch it because we thought it was so funny, but they do have a couple episodes that are referred to sex in a very comical. <laughs> oh my God. You guys just need to watch it. It's so funny. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> right. we need, we need some giggles. So yes, it's it. so many giggles. So yes, I highly recommend jury duty. But yes, oh, so excited for, got to talk to you, Estelle. This was so this much was fun getting to catch up with you a little bit. Uh, not nearly you. enough. Now I want to go to one of those conferences you're speaking at. Yeah, and I'm also teach. I teach at NYU, so I, you know, I want to do that too. <laughs> <laughs> and for Writers Digest, so you could take a personal essay class or a pitching class or getting started writing class, even if somebody wants to get started. Oh my gosh. And we're going to have links to all the things and your book and your podcast in the show notes for anybody who's driving and didn't have a chance to write everything down. So we'll make sure we have links to everything in the show notes. Please don't write and drive. (laughs) No, no. And and thank you for saying in the beginning that you had this one impression of me and it changed after you read the book, because I think that dispelling some of the notions that people may have of me, like you know, seeing me in one way was something important to me to have in my book to see the realness of it. Yes, I did. I you accomplished it very much. I think it, yeah, it opened up a whole different side of you that even though we've even met in person, I wasn't aware of. So right. highly recommend it on lots of different levels. And so, yeah, you. if you're a writer or if you have a writer in your life, definitely let them know about it because. I'm picky about my tips and it's good tips. So. <laughs> I love it. Oh, well, thank you so much again. And we know how busy you are this yeah. launch week and so thank excited you. for you. So go rest and uh, yes. we, 
I take my daughter to a party, but <laughs> oh my gosh, okay, never yeah, ends. There's, there's never rest. I'm sorry, you're a mom. It's summer. Just good luck. It, we'll see you in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll see you then. All so right. great. Thank you, guys. I take appreciate care. it. Right. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for joining us for the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show, and if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com, with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private Mom and Community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.